Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With HSE Midwest. For updated factual information, see hse.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives. A multi-million euro proposal to transform a long derelict site opposite Pontius Cross in Limerick City is back on the table. Proposals for student halls and a build to rent residential development were rejected last year uh, on the old Dan Ryan garage site. And at that time, uh, we were chatting uh, to Limerick Councillor Elisa O'Donovan. So this is not simply a case of people living locally not wanting you know, the guts of 300 students uh, in one place in their locality. Well, I would say for any large-scale development, you know, consultation with the local community is absolutely key. Um, so this is a, a huge development that is, um, you know, it, it will be will be taking um, place um, in Pontius Cross. And we all want sustainable housing development, and, and particularly for students. Um, you know, but consultation is key. So, you know, a lot of residents, a lot of students have approached. Um, raising sort of concerns and observations in in relation to the development. Um, and I would say just um, currently, um, you know, we do have a um, gap in the sort of social infrastructure around that area and the transport infrastructure provision around that area also. And so there just are a lot of, I guess, concerns that um, local residents um, would have in relation to the design and, and the development um, and the ongoing management of the um, of the of the proposed construction. Right, um, Fine Gael councillor Daniel Butler is quoted in the Limerick Leader uh, expressing concern at the social mix with more than three hundred students moving on site. It, you know, again, it does conjure up images when it's put in that way of constant student parties keeping everyone else uh, awake long into the night. Um, I'm actually a student myself, and, and I wish it was a constant party. I wish it was. You know, we all want student accommodation. Um, you know, and I think really here, you know. I mean, there's obviously a concern for the health and safety of the students and their well-being and also then the local residents as well. And, and one of the things that we looked at at the meeting on Monday was um, getting a um, conditions attached to the planning. So one of those conditions that, we're ho- that hopefully will be attached to the planning is in relation to a student management plan. And um, this is primarily for the health and the well-being for the students and then also the local residents. So basically, those conditions attached to the planning will be that there'll be security on that site 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And there'll be a front desk man there um, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, So that's really important. You know, we do have a lack of policing in this area. I live in this local area as well. Um, So really, it's about um, looking at what conditions we can attach to make sure that students um, and their well-being and local residents are, are, are kept safe in our community. Yeah. Limerick Councillor Elisa O'Donovan chatting to us on the show last year uh, about uh, the plans for a development at the old Dan Ryan Garrett site opposite Punch's Cross. Uh, well, uh, Labour Councillor Joe Ledden is with me live on the line right now. Good morning to you, Joe. Um, morning, Joe. So morning, the revised proposal, are you in favour of it? Does it do what it needs to do? Yeah, Joe, um, this is, I suppose, a strategic site. People would be familiar with it opposite the infamous punches bar there at the intersection of the Van Lecour Road and the Ross Bryan Road. 
Um, the application last year was for 100 apartments, uh, primarily designated for student accommodation. We obviously have Mary Matlick College a couple of hundred metres up the road with a couple of thousand students there and expanding. So absolute need for student accommodation. And uh, notwithstanding the fact that UL obviously have plans at some stage in the future for the Sarsfield site. Um, there were a lot of concerns. Uh, some of them have been articulated there. One of them was principally around the management, the on-site management that would be provided as part of the application. Now, the application was actually done as part of a part date process, and uh, the developer, because it was just in excess of 100 units, the developer was applying for the government's fast-track planning process, which meant the application was actually submitted directly to onboard Panala, and then consultation would be undertaken with the local authority. That happened last year. The local planners would have brought a briefing report to council as I raised specific concerns in relation to uh, management, the fact that if you were going to have you know, a couple of hundred students there, you would have to have 24-7 management. That was agreed. I also raised concerns. People were raising them with me, particularly local businesses. The Green Park uh, shopping centre just down the road were raising concerns about the potential use of the two retail units that were proposed. And we also got guarantees that they wouldn't be used uh, in terms of either fast food outlets or in any way in competition with the existing businesses. So the application, however, was refused in September, I think, of last year by Onboard Canola, but it was primarily refused on environmental grounds. As I said, it's a former garage, so there was obviously uh, petrol and diesel tanks there for well over 30, 40 years. And um, the, the principal concerns that Onboard Canola inspector had was that the environmental impact plan uh, attached as part of the proposal wasn't sufficient enough and hence they refused it. But the plan is now back on the table. They have come back in with the exact same request in terms of the density of apartments uh, spread over three blocks and um, comprising of just over 100 apartments, as I said, and they have come in with a, a more substantial environmental plan. Again, in the same process, application has been lodged with on board Panola. It will necessitate a part eight, which means you're going to see, and members of the public and the wider community, I live around the corner myself, will see planning notices placed on the site uh, in the next couple of days, uh, which will allow for submissions to be put in again. And this process effectively starts all over with the senior planner in Limerick City and County Council uh, preparing a report, bringing that to councillors for discussion amendment, uh, and then that forms part of the uh, the process or the decision-making process do, that the board will make. Do you think that it will be accepted second time round? Yes, I do. Uh, and I, ho- I hope it is, Joe. This is a derelict site. It's been derelict for God knows how long now. And as I said at the outset of the conversation, it's a strategic site. It's on the route of a primary road in and out of the city, which includes a bus lane. And uh, it needs to be developed. And I think more importantly, and it's sometimes overlooked, there are uh, the growing student population city, well, possibly 20,000 students all over the city, which are very welcome. And um, But a lot of them are taking up accommodation in houses and apartments. That, I suppose, if there was student accommodation, as is proposed in Pontius Cross, then those houses or apartments in the immediate facility could be made available for people mm. looking to, to, to rent uh, and, and buy from. Okay, well, I mean, we're obviously living in a very different world now, um, and uh, I'm thinking also of uh, the um, uh, plans for the revitalisation of O'Connell Street, and when I've raised this on the show with various people over the last few weeks in the context of COVID-19, certainly know the business community and D. Ryan, CEO of Limerick Chamber, has said we want to push on with uh, the development, we want to push on with the plans as agreed, but do the plans need to be revised for O'Connell Street? Absolutely, Joe, and uh, I'm delighted to have the opportunity to talk about it. I mean, your previous conversation there um, more or less typified exactly where we are. 
uh, the world has changed. In fact, what was fundamental about the accounts fee plan, and I quote the city architect at the time, was that there was flexibility in those plans for us to adapt uh, depending on changing movements and patterns and so on. And my God, has the world changed. And, uh, you know, post-COVID, you know, everyone is saying, if you've said it yourself so many times, there will be what's called a new normal. People are working differently. Many people are working remotely or they're working from home. People are shopping differently. They're learning differently. You said it there yourself with the previous conversation about different school times or staggered school times, reduced class size. And more importantly than all that, there are different modal shifts. We've seen consistent trends now with people looking for uh, reliable public transport. People, More people are, are walking, absolutely more people are cycling. And I suppose people want, more importantly than any of that, people want, I suppose, to spend their spare time in an, in an enjoyable way. And I think... You know, if the flexibility and adaptability is in those plans, as we were told by the architect, then before we go out to tender now on what's going to be a 9 million public realm project, uh, which, you know, as it stands now, does consist of widened and upgraded footpaths, and street lighting and furniture and trees and so on and so forth. But effectively, you would have both a bus lane and uh, a lane for traffic going up O'Connell Street. We did amend the plans last year. Uh, to include a uh, segregated cycle lane, but I think now we need to abandon the lane for vehicles and heavy goods vehicles and just yeah. simply have well, a that, bus lane. The only thing is that's going to hold everything up again, isn't it? No, it's not. And Joe, even if it does hold it up for a month or two, it's important we get this right. This is our iconic street. This is the shop window of Limerick. It has the scale, it has the space, it has the heritage, it has the history. It's important we get it right. And, uh, and I think we need to be agile and responsible enough as councillors and indeed as officials to step back from it. Uh, my understanding is, from speaking with officials, we are about to go to tender. Uh, I've asked for that to be halted. Uh, the Labour Party, my colleagues, Councillor Seacass and Councillor Sheehan, are fully in support. And I'm going to reach out to all other councillors, and I hope that we can have a briefing of the Metropolitan Council, even if it has to be done virtually, uh, for people to, to share their views, because yeah. what we're going to do here... Um, will but, but the only thing about this, Joe, is, I mean, this is what a lot of people were looking for in the first instance, and it couldn't get uh, past council. Yeah, correct, Joe. And as I said, what was fundamentally built into the plan was that we would be flexible and we would be adaptable in terms of changing needs and trends and so on. And there's absolutely no doubt about it. Now, we all have a little bit more time in our hands. We're all walking around, we're cycling, we're running around, and we're, we're engaging with people and we're talking and we're seeing what's happening. And there's even a current campaign at the moment uh, for, for more space for pedestrians and cyclists. But this isn't just a temporary thing. This is a trend. It's, it's, it's unstoppable. I mean, you look at young millennials, I mean, many of them don't want to own cars in terms of the cost of the cars and so on and so forth. They want to be able to either live in the core city centre or in the suburbs and be able to access the city in a quick and reliable way. And what we want is for people to come into the city. It's effectively to stop, shop and socialise. It has to become a destination of choice, which I then believe, to be fair, will help ailing retail within the city because footfall is down. And more importantly than that, it would also help in terms of we've had so many schemes over the year in terms of living over the shop initiatives various different tax incentives to try and encourage people to live in the city. It just hasn't worked. Whereas if we create this destination of, of, of choice and we create this real visitor experience in the heart of the city, uh, then I believe that in itself will have knock-on effects in terms of people wanting to live in the city, not just alone come in to shop and socialise. Right. OK, well, we wait and see how all that develops in the coming weeks. Very interesting to talk to you about it this morning. Uh, Labour, Limerick City and County Councillor Joe Ledden. 
Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With HSC Midwest. For updated factual information, see hsc.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives.